Okay. Okay. No, I was going to say, I'm so excited. Literally also one to be here and talk with you, but two for you because Tuesday like kept me living and alive. <laughs> and and all, every time I thought to myself, like this girl needs a pod, like she needs to get on it. So I'm happy. I'm so happy for you. Welcome to the rambling podcast with Sydney Labuda. Let's spill some tea and talk some shit, am I right? <laughs> One, two, three, fuck Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode eight of The Rambling Pod. It is me, Sydney Labuda, as always. And as I'm doing this, I'm just noticing that I don't have one of my cartilage earrings in. So I'm going to have to make sure to put that back when I'm done. <laughs> um, <laughs> today's episode is super, super special to me because it has obviously myself, which is kind of the more boring part of it, but it has a very special guest, one of my favorite people and dearest friends who I met doing theater in an unlikely circumstance for like where our friendship would grow to but everyone in the fucking theater community just like meets that way like it just always goes that way um but she has so much to offer in a friendship and just like to this world and I feel like so many interesting things to talk about and just like such good energy to hear as this is literally just like an audio thing that you listen to for now <laughs> but like you need to listen to people who give off good energy and like no one gives like this girl she's talented she's sweet she's fashionable which I respect she's a good friend she's a great heart and a really cute dog um so I'd like to introduce you all to my guest one of my favorite people in the world Miss Bella DiNapoli ah, you're the best ever Seriously, when you were saying those things, that was really great. Like, I felt myself blushing. I, <laughs> yeah, I was sitting here like, oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh, she says it's not me. But I appreciate it. That is so nice. Seriously, you just made my whole day. This hasn't even started yet. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, because this is the thing. Like, I don't know about you, but I feel like you probably feel a little bit similarly. Like, I get like awkward as much as like I perform and do all these things. I do get really awkward. And like, especially when it comes to like talking about myself, like, or anything. So I just assume everyone feels that way. And I'm like, I'm just going to hype you up as much as possible. So then by the time you're talking, you're like, I am all those things. I am nice. I am funny. <laughs> well, also, I could say the same exact thing about you that you all. Off the bat, the second I met you, I was like, I won't be friends with her. She just is, she had this energy that was drawing me in. You were hilarious. And this immediate response to just everything going on was like, I need to just laugh my ass off. But seriously, thank you so much for that. That, that means so, so much to me to come from someone like you. Oh my God. Stop it. Of course. I mean, I agree. I think like when we met, I remember seeing you and just thinking like, First of all, I love all of her outfits. And, like, that for me is, like, always, like, the first thing with people. I'm always, like, oh, I love their shoes or I love their outfit. Like, I remember being at Legally Blonde callbacks, and I was, like, oh, my God. I was, <laughs> this was one of the first things I think we bonded on. I was, like, oh, my God. Is she wearing is she wearing Balenciaga sneakers yeah. through this Legally Blonde callback? And then we talked about it, and you were, like, oh, no, no, no. Those are from Shein. <laughs> 
I did. I'm like, oh, hell no, no, no. These are $3. No, it would have been worse if you wore, like, I don't even know how much those sneakers are. Probably, what, $2,000? Yeah, right. If you wore those. Yeah, to cap. And I was like, yeah, they are Balenciaga. (laughs) You're like, "Uh uh-huh. I am a Delta New bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Lily, she knows. She knows. (laughs) She knows. I have a question, and it's about your hair color. Yeah. So when you got it, would you consider that along the mushroomy brown lines? So the root is my natural color. Right. So, but I just got it done. Don't mind my pimple patch. I just got it done. Oh, amazing. But I just got it done um, and I got it highlighted. And I think it's like more of the mushroomy type. It's like, because it's not caramel or caramel, however everyone says it. It's not. Caramel. Caramel. It's more mushroom. Mushrooms. But it's it's more of the ashy tone. Okay. Because I, so I have been dyeing my hair myself because I have an amazing colorist. I love her Hell to yeah. little death. But I just like, I basically got money pieces a while ago. Okay. And they kind of effed up the front of my hair. Not not in a bad way. Like she did a bad job. She did a great job. But like because my hair is naturally brown, they just ended up getting very like brassy. So I was trying to like cover them myself and it was just like, depending on the glaze I would use, like it would then turn blue or like green when it would fade, Mm -hmm. which like I was not expecting. Right. At the same time, like I did it myself. So like that is what I should expect (laughs) (laughs) because that's the whole reason not to, but I'm in a wedding in April and I, so I dyed my hair myself just like back to my like darkness color. Good. And I, but I wanted to get like the mushroomy like placements, like not like a money piece, but like low here, low here, low totally. here. Totally, like, that's that's like kind of what I have too. That's what I went to because I felt like I wanted some sort of dimension, and yeah, yes. I so I just got highlights literally in December, which is now like a long time ago. But I just got them, and I love it because I'm just letting it grow out. And now those money pieces are almost like gone, but I still love the dimension. So yeah. I would, I would. I know you don't want to, but I would go to your colorist for the money pieces. Yeah. No, and... I am going to go to her. I am going to okay. go to her. <laughs> I'm like, I'm imagining you just taking bleach and like putting like... it right here. <laughs> I'm like, no, don't do it. Let me at least no. come over. But... Yeah, no, 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 no. But honestly, I would ask for that like mushroomy color, like the ashiness. Yeah. And and I don't know what products you're using, but like you, did you try a purple shampoo? I did try a purple shampoo and it just like, it wasn't cause when I got the colors, I didn't get like go in and get like, Oh, I want bleach blonde money pieces. Mm. I got that caramel color. <laughs> I can't. Like, a, like a, like a, like a, yeah, like a, like a caramelly, like tanny yeah. brown color. And it looked right. amazing at first. Like I loved it. And then as it faded, it just like, and then when I would use the purple shampoo to try to like lift it or tone it, it just like wouldn't get back to where it was. And I right. was like, I have unrealistic expectations right now. <laughs> no, but honestly, maybe, maybe go in and ask her if you can do less, like, like less of a money piece and more of like very low fine, light. fine. Yeah. Very fine, low light. Um, because that's the other thing too. I feel like you notice, um, fading more when it's thicker you know yeah yeah so I maybe maybe ask for her to have it lower down and like really thin 
in the front. Yeah. I think that's what I'm going to do. Also, for those of you who are like, Sydney, like, why are you like interrogating Bella about what you should do with your hair? <laughs> it's because among the many things that she does, she does hair. <laughs> Everyone's like, wow, she sounds pretty cocky over here. Her hair is like <laughs> shit. Like, why the fuck is she just giving her opinion left and right? No. Bella basically does like seven things. She has like a million talents, which is great. Um, because some of us have none. <laughs> but one of those talents is hair, which was another thing that we connected on when we first met because like it was like style and hair and all these things. And I was like, uh, you do a little bit of everything. And you were like, yeah. I kind of do. I was like, oh, sure. Meanwhile, I had my like broken hair, blonde extensions. Remember? Oh, Belle, Belle, Belle. No, but the thing is, it didn't look bad at all. It just looked so different from like who I'm looking at right now. That's a good way to put it. I have to be kind to myself. That's true. Yes, you do. It looked great. First of all, style changes. And like right now, brown hair, I think is very, it's coming back in. But we were on a blonde, like, wave for years like for a year and it was like bleach blonde yeah like it, like you you had to be ice queen you had to be Elsa. you had to be an ice queen and like me growing up like a brunette like I I remember I was in middle school and I did um I dyed I wanted blonde like ombre but I did it like underneath my hair yeah like remember when people would die uh-huh. and it was literally so ugly it was like yellow and, and there then was I got so an many ombre. so many people that did a D- diy do it yourself diy too yes so it was like <laughs> just orange <laughs> orange i was i mean i got mine done but i was always doing my friends in the backyard like they would I don't know why I was elected and trusted, but I was the hair dyer. So I was doing like a red ombre, purple highlights, a Get blonde out of ombre. here. I was literally bleaching people's hair in high school. Like I was So you are also a hairstylist, miss. That's illegally. <laughs> I can't. That's hilarious. I'm a DIY hair girl. No, but honestly, I think you should just get the really thin pieces and you should be golden. Yeah, because dimension is the word. Like, that's what it is. I find myself these days putting my hair up a lot. And I think it's because when I have it down, I look in the mirror and I have no bangs. I have no layers. I have nothing going on. And it's all one color. And I'm just like, I feel like when my hair is down, I look sloppy. Right. No, uh, that's dimension. of what I want. You go in there and be like, I want dimension. And they're going to know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. I have such hair trauma from like bad haircuts and bad like dyes when I was younger that I think I just am afraid to take risks when I go Mm -hmm. to the salon. Um, But like, I don't think I'm doing anything that crazy. So I think I just need to grow the fuck up. (laughs) I I honestly think so too. That's a perfect way to start. A lot of my friends, so I cut hair like still always. Yeah, Bella did my hair for a wedding I went to recently. Mm -hmm. You look snatched. But I I did. I got a lot of compliments. (laughs) I'm so happy. The process is interesting, but <laughs> but the reward, it's the reward. Um, but all my friends, they all are the same way. Like one of them had a traumatic haircut when they were like in college, they went to a college town or whatever and got a traumatic haircut. They came back and they were like, no one is ever touching my hair again. It got to the point where it was two years. It was like down to her butt. And I was like, listen to me, <laughs> at least get layers. You're going to feel like a weight's lifted off your shoulders. And that's exactly what it is. And then before you know it, now layers are in too. So there's no way you can go wrong. Right. 
You're right. And I did have a traumatic haircut because of all my ombres. At the same time that when you and I were in like high school, the trend was blonde hair and straight hair. So you were bleaching your hair and you were flat ironing it every single morning. Yep. And you heard it. Heard it. It was like, it would literally steam because your hair wasn't fully dry because you showered before school. You didn't wake up in time because you wanted to sleep. And it was like, literally my hair, it was probably like, a little bit shorter than it is now, but like relatively as long. And I went in for a trim and the lady, I was like, just trim off the dead ends. But there were so many dead ends that she cut it like up to my shoulder. And I was like, <gasps> I cried. I yeah. literally was so traumatized. So that's why I don't take risks with my hair. Yep. But you know what? This risk is going to be life changing. I just know it. Right. I feel it in my bones. <gasps> I trust you. I trust your instincts. You have good instincts. Um, I, I, I appreciate you saying that. I want to believe I do, but I don't, I, think I, don't you do. I don't know. I think maybe like 50, 50, <laughs> no one can ever be a hundred all the time, but you, from what I've, Penny, oh my God, look, Penny, you're so beautiful. Penny, Wait, so Penny, this bandana she's wearing right now that yeah. you can kind of see. So Jared got this for her. And he ordered it, and it says number one Rambler on it, which is so cute. Wait, it's like she knew that Penny was in. Maybe she heard me say, Penny! She oh. knew. She knew. She's oh so confused. She is. Um, <laughs> no. So you – no. Listen. No one can be 100% right literally all the time. I think that's a ridiculous expectation. But I feel like in general, like, you find yourself in pretty good, like – situations and like life developments because you follow your gut and your instincts which usually lead you down a good path even if there are some penny come here you're gonna have to stop click clacking (laughs) even if there are some like roadblocks Mm -hmm. along the way because that's what life's about like the way you get stronger the way you learn things the way you build up your life is by like overcoming different situations but regardless I feel like you usually end up somewhere pretty solid you know what though it's like and you surround yourself with good people I I think that's super important something that I definitely learned getting older though like when I was 18 19 I had no voice I had no idea what I was doing where I was going I was just like following the crowd you know And Mm -hmm. that led me into, like, having absolutely no intention on ever trusting myself. Like, I was was basically trusting the people around me and, like, things that were getting thrown at me, then trusting, like, me and who I am. And I think when I came to that realization – shout out to therapy – when I came to that realization that I'm in control and that I dictate my own power, like, and my Mm -hmm. own happiness, I'm the controller of that. I completely like did a one uh, three sixty and was like, okay, here we are. Like this is this is what you should do. And now I'm in a completely different spot of where I trust myself. I trust the people that are telling me things based on their intentions and their characteristics and the way they've treated me. And I surround myself with people that I want to be surrounded by, opposed to feeling the need to um, like put them on a pedestal. Actually, I wrote a song about it. <laughs> Which song? It's GTG and it's all about like, um, it's on my album, Be Honest, stream it if you want. But <laughs> it's all about basically like 
finally learning to not be insecure about like the outcomes of your decisions and making those decisions and putting the people that need to be underneath you underneath you and not be feel bad about it. So yeah. there's like a line that's like, um, put herself up on it. It's kind of funny that she's now putting herself up on a pedestal while other people are down below. Cause I never did that in my entire life. So once you do that and you square away everything, like I feel like that's where my intuition came in and my trust within myself and trust within decision-making came in was once I actually sat there and was like, okay, who's in control of my happiness? Not you, not you, not you, me. Done. Me. Yeah. You have to make, and that's so important. And that's something that I think a lot of people like myself included and like so many people need to learn sometimes is like you have to make the hard decisions you have to sometimes like not not prioritize the people that matter but you have to prioritize yourself and like you have to allow other people to prioritize themselves and it can't be a situation of like you know people taking it personally especially when it's something as like tremendous as kickstarting your life like for you I'm sure it was going on the voice like that had to be something where when you were making those I mean, obviously making the efforts to actually get on it, but you were making the decision to like do this journey and go down this path. Like I'm sure that there were people that were taking what you were doing and how it affected them. Oh yeah. It's not about them. It's about you. And I don't know what, so let's talk about the voice. Cool. Let's do it. Let's do it because that's fucking amazing. Yeah. So you go on the voice. Well, what is, you don't just go on the voice though. Like there's a process. No, there has to be like a long, it is like the most grueling process, but it, okay. But it really shaped me to who I am today. And the reason why going nice little 360, I have such good intuition within myself because I actually got no'd from them seven times. And now were those no's all separate auditions like it was seven times you auditioned and they said no? Kind of. So or, okay. the first audition, I was 16. I'll go through this. So the first audition, I was 16. And I went to an open call and waited online with my mom. I remember I wore this like picnic dress. It was like gross. <gasps> and <laughs> I had no idea who I was. I sang Impossible by Chantel. And <laughs> <laughs> that's it's amazing. So funny In the picnic I'm- dress. And I'm waiting online, like, mm-hmm, you know, but gosh, looking back, I left. So me and my mom, we waited online. It was like three hours and then finally we got seen. And I sang like the first line, which was like, and I got to, and now, and they were like, that's enough. Thank you. And I was like, ah, okay, well that hurt. Oh. So I went home or whatever. And I was like, so crushed. And I was intense grade ninth grade at the time so I was like really focusing on cheerleading and like musical theater and all that so I still had distractions I would say um and my mom would always twist it be like well you're young you're young do it again and I was like I'm not doing it again what happened I saw the email that's like hey you're signed up for so-and-so my mom submitted a video of me singing listen by Beyonce another one that's just like like that's everyone auditions with that song but my mom oh yeah Oh, yeah, especially at that time. Oh, my God. Listen was my favorite shower song. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no. So I thought I could win American Idol singing that song. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, um, my mom submitted it. And so that's number two. And I got a skip the line pass. 
So when I get to the open call, this is like probably six months later, because you know how the voice says two and two. Yeah. So I got a skip the call. I meant skip the line call. So I skipped the whole line, didn't have to wait two hours, went in, in the audition. And they were like, okay. And I sang impossible again, because I was lost. And <laughs> like, that's um, all I know. <laughs> yeah, literally. I already so, used listen, so this is it. <laughs> you're right. You're right. So then um, they kept me back and they were like, you with the picnic dress. No, I'm kidding. I don't remember what I wore the second time. But they said, you stay back and you stay back, me and this other girl. And that was considered like a callback. And I sang, listen. And then the other girl sang something. She sounded great, you know. And they were like, okay, we want you to the other girl. And they were like, you're on standby. Um, Here's both of my, like, my cards, whatever. And basically, if you get a call, you're going to go through the other callback. And I'm like, okay. Never got a call. And you were Um, still 16? I was probably 16 still, yeah. Because it was like six months later. Mm-hmm. Probably going on seventeen. I am uh-huh. sixteen. 16 going on seventeen. A little bit of music for you. Uh, we we had to. We had to. Um, and then I started auditioning for colleges and stuff for musical theater. So I took a break from auditioning for The Voice and stuff. And then I turned. I decided not to go for musical theater. So I got an email yet again and went to the um, open call. Again, and that time I got a callback, and then I got a second callback, and then I got a third callback, and then I got in touch with this guy Luke. So th- at this point, I'm 19, and I got in touch with this guy Luke, and basically I auditioned, and I my dad came with me, and I sang like "Piece of My Heart." I'm so lost at this point. Janis Joplin, like what? Oh. And then- <laughs> like younger Bella with like the long extensions and probably like some fringe boots and like the headband. Like, oh yes, the the brim hats and you're like Take a little piece of gosh. But I can see it. it. it's and then my and then I sang House of the Rising Sun that again another audition song that everybody sings. So yeah. I left and he was like sorry no my dad I remember my dad was so mad. He's like you're not doing this again. Like you're not doing this again. You've done this so many times you get upset. You know like it's either and it was a, the slap of the face I needed. Not actually. My dad's amazing. But it was, it was the slap of the face that I needed of reality that like, hey, um, you know, if you want to do this, you need thick skin. So I was like, all right, I'm going to take that. Um, and if they come back at me, I'm going to say, hey, what can I do? And um, Luke respond, Luke emailed me back because I said, hey, Luke, I just want to know like if there's something that like I can work on for next year. And he said, hey, song choice. So that's what I did is I worked on the song choice. And I came back next year and he remembered me. And so this is like time number five or six or whatever. And he was like, um, I sang a Natasha Benningfield song. I can't remember, but I sang that. And oh, then was it release your inhibitions? No, it no? was one that, it was one that, she I don't know any of her other songs. <laughs> it was one that like never got big, Oh, but I just remember I sang it and I wanted to spark his ear of like, Oh, okay. And I did. So they actually moved me onto the standby list for the executive interview, which is like the speaking interview. So mm. now Luke, now I have his like contact personally, whatever. So this is time number six. And then during COVID, um, no, wait, right before COVID, I got an email saying, hey, be on standby till April 
27th. If you don't hear from us, you don't get an interview. You don't fly out for blinds. But if you do hear from us, you fly out for blinds. And sure as shit, I heard from them saying, hey, no, you're, you're, you're um, not good for us this season. And I was like, oh. So then, so then comes 2020, swinging in. I'm focusing on myself. Honestly, 2020 was the best thing that ever happened to me for clarity reasons and being able to sit still because like we talked before I'm super busy and Mm -hmm. what I did was I really just focused myself it was a terrible time you know for everyone and everyone that went through those hardships but I took it and tried to be as positive as I can and took like we worked out on football fields (laughs) we worked out on football fields I got my NASM personal training shirt Woo! yes (laughs) which actually I want to tell a story at the end but um and then I worked I did a like songwriting workshop really found myself as an artist and then sorry this is so long this is like a tangent no this is what I want this is <laughs> what it is it's called rambling you're right you're right I'm literally rambling doing the pod <laughs> um but basically he was back and forth we did a whole phone interview and it was Luke working with me the entire time so during COVID what they did was they did open calls online like virtual open calls and I was back and forth with Luke he was telling me hey Belle like this song would fit you good this song would fit you good I know the executives would want to hear this I know they would want to hear this so we were in contact and um we did the phone interview like one-on-one and this is when Nick Jonas was a judge and oh he was like asking me a ton of questions so that was my first executive interview Nick Jonas was asking you all the questions no I wish oh my oh, gosh I thought that's what you meant I was like no Do you have can I get in contact with Joe? Um, no, definitely not. It was, it was just Luke. It was just Luke. Oh, he was talking sure. about like, like what, what you would, what you would do if Nick like turned your chair around. And I was like, I would faint on the floor because I've had a crush on him my whole life. So yeah, literally. So then the whole thing happened and he said, Hey, wait, you have to wait like six months again. So once you audition, they, the whole turnaround time, is six months and it's in the executive's hands so the whole time he kept hyping me up and saying you got this like I know it I believe in you picked out the songs for me and I gotta know and I was like I am done I am done I never answered Luke until like two weeks later and was like hey this one hurt like thank you so much for everything but like just because you know when in this industry you get a lot of words fed to you, which again, this is a learning lesson, but you get a lot of words fed to you and not a lot of action. So I think that was my first lesson to say like, okay, you need to prove yourself, not just once, not just twice, not seven times. You have to prove yourself throughout the entire thing. And by doing that, you have to trust in yourself that you are good enough. And that like, if he says no and he, and, and they say no, and I don't make it and I don't get a blind audition, whatever it is, it's, I'm still going cause I'm still here. So mm-hmm. what I did when I got that no throughout the pandemic is I wrote my album. So I wrote my three letters album and um, did it again, worked my tail off, did a pun- bunch of workshops, really found out who I was, started meditation. And right when I was in the right place at the right time, I got a call from Luke and it was him saying, hey, Bella, I know that you really don't want to hear from me. You probably hate me, but um I really think that this season is your season. And I was like, and this is when he knew about Ariana. So, but I didn't, no one knew. So I'm like, I was like, what? Well, to be honest with you, I do have a really like cautious 
before going, but he goes, listen, you don't have to send the audition in because we have all your stuff from last time. You don't have to do the interview. We have all your stuff from last time, but I'm telling you, just submit and sign these papers. I have everything and trust me. So I was like, you know what? If you screw me over again, Luke, I'm (laughs) I'm driving to your home and you're done. And sure, shit, I got the call. And um, literally, like, probably two weeks later, we found out Ariana was going to be a judge. And I was like, <sighs> so we didn't know when we said yes. Yeah, I, I thought it was still Nick Jonas. And then, um, oh my God, yeah, and then, they, and then they fly us out for, like, basically a month and a half, two months because of COVID. We had to quarantine for two weeks. And... And then we work on our songs. We do um, like vocal coaching. We get wardrobe. It's basically if you do, are getting a blind audition, it's like six days of different recordings. So like, like you need to like camp. fill your yep. You need to like fill your package with like <laughs> fill your package. Well, I'm so inappropriate, <laughs> but you need to. They do. You know how they do those like. Like, like the um, video, the video. Hey, package. I'm Bella, and I'm from Long Island, New York. You need to do all that stuff too. But like, I'm in my my uniform, my uniform, my costume that they picked out for me, and we're recording again six different times. So I wore that six different days, um, right. and yeah, it was the best experience of my entire life. And I got a blind audition, and then I got through battles, and then I got through knockouts, and then live shows was the most craziest thing I've ever done in my life, but the most fun and testing of myself and the, my my I guess mental health work that I did all those years with my therapist really kicked in there so and now I'm here and I'm happy and it was amazing and I'm on your pod and that Hell was my yeah. ramble, <laughs> ramble. <laughs> no that's like legitimately obviously so cool in the sense of like what you did is cool But to know that – because I think when people look at things like The Voice and, like, any type of success story, like, objectively at face value, they're like, oh, like, this person just, like, got lucky and, like, they auditioned this for this show and, like, this one time and now they're on the show and, like, Ariana Grande's team and blah, blah, blah. But, like, they don't realize, like, first of all, it's a triumph. Like, yeah, some people maybe do get lucky, but it's – I'm sure – like though less than one percent like you literally went through this seven times and additionally the toll it takes on your mental health like that's a hard thing obviously with this industry in general anything in like the performing arts or just Mm -hmm. like putting yourself out there even like modeling like anything like that is the like wherewithal to withstand rejection and pick yourself back up like you said your dad like gave you that smack in the face not literally and he was like you're gonna have to have thick skin because it's true like imagine you know after that last time when he contacted you again because you said the time before that he told you all these things like I have a really good feeling about this I have a really good feeling about this and then you didn't get it so you could have very well been like no this is what you said to me last time like right I'm moving on I'm I'm personal training and I'm doing different things and that's it and I'm over it but you were like you followed your gut your good instincts and it took you to one of the most incredible opportunities and situations of your lifetime yeah no that's so true and I think it's it's so telling too that like if like reflecting back on my whole experience and back on my whole all seven auditions 
if Bella that made it at singing Peace of My Heart would have went on that show, I would have been so lost. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, so it, everything happens for a reason. If I made it during COVID, they didn't have any live auditions. I meant live audience. They didn't have Ariana. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been, again, in the shoes that I'm in today. So it really worked out the way it was supposed to. And I think that by trusting in myself and trusting in um, the fact that I didn't need them, but I wanted them was mm-hmm. super, super relevant within my experience. Because I know that a ton of my friends that went on the show with a certain expectation and a certain, um, uh, I guess, outcome. Yeah. They were disappointed in their experience as a whole. But I went in saying like, okay, you know, seven times they, you know, almost like a relationship. Like yeah. you get this guard and this like wall up of that, that emotion. Right. And you train that emotion to say, okay, well, if I get booted, for any reason, I'm not going to be affected because look at what I've already done. I just mm-hmm. made it this far. So, right. Yeah. Which is amazing because, like, and you talk about, like, going back a little, like, to who you were and you were lost. And, like, I remember, like, watching your the blind audition and being like, I, I, like, obviously, I knew your talent and I, I, had heard you sing and I knew your style, but what I knew was that old style, which I guess you could say wasn't really a style at all. Like it was just like you kind of figuring it out, like you exploring like your, your interests in music and just like being like, I like this song. I like this singer. I'll sing this song. Right. And when I watched your blind, the Danity Kane song, which by the way, growing up was my fucking Jam. jam on my desktop computer i would always put damage on and i was like do, do you do my H-E-A-R-T. <laughs> but i was like whoa i was like what the fuck i've never first of all i've never heard you use your range like that and i i've just never heard you sing in that like style and it was the creativity too because i knew the song so well and it's a completely different song from what you recorded basically and then everything you sang following that was like these renditions of these well-known songs. But while your rendition was so different from what the artist did, each thing that you did was similar. If that makes sense. Like you could, it made sense that it was like, this is like Bella's version. Oh, that means so much. This song. No, I mean it because I, I was like, relearning you as a performer watching you and do things that I've never seen you've done I've never heard you do and again all these songs chandelier like come on like who the fuck especially like someone who likes to sing who doesn't like to sing in the car and belt out chandelier like that's great but your version of it was so different from SZA and so not SZA oh my god Sia (laughs) SZA is popping right now. SZA is always on my mind lately. I'm like literally listening to her album 24-7. But it was so consistent with everything else you were doing. So you could tell from my perspective of, I guess, knowing you, that you were truly finding yourself. And then fast forward, you have this amazing experience. And again, amazing outfits, I have to say. Oh, they, I literally, my, like my best friend, I still talk to her name is Joe. She was my stylist. And okay. Because they like, 
that was a, that was something where I was like, okay, everyone looks great. Everyone is styled great, but <laughs> more outfits were like, imp- they were like impressionable because like, I don't know. It might just be a me thing. I'm always looking at outfits first, but like they were so catered to you. It was like everything that you were doing on that stage, vocally, hair, makeup, style, like it was consistent to yourself and to just being different from like what everyone else was doing, I guess. Yeah. If that makes sense. You know it what made though? Stand out. I, it's it, it, and I hate to just keep putting it on this, but I really knew who I was going in. I knew. You can tell. I knew my voice that I wanted to like say I had these renditions planned, you know, like, like not necessarily planned, but I knew that I wanted if, if they gave me chandelier, cause they, they picked songs. I knew oh, that you didn't pick any of your songs. No. So essentially, well, essentially it's like, I had a say from the, the blind audition. I really pushed damage. It wasn't on the list of like 600 songs that they give you. And I was like, listen, have this rendition. Please let me go in. Mm-hmm. And they came back and were like, we'll give you it. Like, we've never heard this song on the show. So I was like, yeah. And then <laughs> um, the second song, which is Enough is Enough, Ariana picked. Oh, and that was good. I was so nervous. At first, they say no more tears. I'm like, no, she didn't pick her song. She did not pick her song for us to sing. And then they were like, enough is enough, no more tears. And I was like. Oh my gosh, that's, that's like, that's like impossible. But I fell in love with the song and I have a new love for the song that I didn't have before. Um, And that also went with trust. Like I was so nervous to cover Barbara Streisand Don Summer. Like they are iconic and the biggest divas. Ariana has sung this with Barbara. So I was like, I can't change this song and do what my intention of going on the show was doing to form to me but what I can do is add to the song what feels like me so and that was when you got saved right yeah yeah how what was that like it was insane it was like the craziest moment of my life I I just remember when they said Katie because Katie was a badass I love her to death and still really her good voice friends is with her. cool as fuck and you know what we really went into the entire thing as a duet we never went into it as a battle it was like you can tell let's we're gonna go into this together and we're gonna have the best performance together and we did that and we believed the lyrics we believed everything we did the whole performance you know so after i danced danced after i after i sang the song after we both sang the song it was this feeling of like, I don't even care what happens because I know that that was the best feeling of my entire life, what I just did with you. And when she won, it was so deserved. So in the moment, I'm like, you know, I am so fulfilled that if I go mm-hmm. home, I'm okay. And Ari was just looking at me. And I just remember being like, no, she's not going to do it. She's not gonna. We were the first of the day. So I was oh, like, so no I was way. like, there's no way she's going to be. Because in like, the episode, I think you were to towards the end no no the damage was towards the end but oh you're right you're right you're right but the battles was the first of the day okay and she saved she saved me and I was like I was in shock to be honest with you because that was I think that was the first time 
where I got reassurance that was like, hey, I'm, I believe in you. And yeah, not for nothing. It's like one of the biggest pop stars in the world. And it's also someone who I'm sure you respect on a different level because she has that duality of like pop and musical theater, like that love. And like, even though you're not like out there pursuing theater per se, like you have a love for it. Right. Agree with it. No, that's exactly it. And I think that that's another reason why we really gelled well together Mm -hmm. and we had a connection because we were so similar and that was something that like I you know still to this day just admire and appreciate about her that she's so real to who she is and like what you saw on that tv what you saw those like emotions she actually portrayed to us off camera too so it's it's like it wasn't a lot of people asked me like oh was it a show it was like absolutely not she Good. was the the best friend I could have asked for going through this entire experience like holding my hand so mm-hmm. I owe it to her also too it really inspired me because it was like she is so humble and she is so down and grounded that mm-hmm. you would never know like after after that save I would say is when we we really developed like a relationship and a connection and a trust that that's when I realized like you are not like Ariana Grande that like you're Ariana you know like yeah. you're 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 a girl you're a girl a powerful powerful female that knows exactly what she wants to do and is, is driven and has gotten all her success because she's a kind-hearted person and because she's a hardworking person and because she's talented. So it's like, I can't, I can't do anything but respect you and support you. So that's amazing. And I think that's so good to know because like, obviously there's hundreds and thousands and millions and bajillions and gazillions of people out there that either like just love her music or like look up to her, especially younger girls probably who, you know, they want to be like her and whatever. And to know that someone's authentically themselves and it's not just like a facade is amazing. And you're going into this industry, stepping into a very similar, like, I guess you could say like field or Avenue of what she's doing. And to know that that authenticity and like genuineness that you already have, like you're learning, like, no, be yourself. Like, that's okay. Like, don't change. Don't like, don't follow this weird stigma of like, you know, being something you're not, which I think is super outdated these days. Like I think people yeah. are way more tuning into just being who they are. And like, I think that I agree. being real is like cool now, mm-hmm. but knowing that like the future of these influential people in the world, like yourself are going to be true to themselves and they're going to be kind and they're going to be hardworking and like, yeah, like you'll have success and you'll do all these amazing things, but it's not going to make you become like a bitch for lack right. of a better word, I guess. No, that's, that's a perfect way to put it. And it's, and it's like, you don't know that. And you, everyone is so quick, especially with social media to jump to uh, assumptions and conclusions about someone's personality or someone's way. Like even right now, she's in a sense under fire because she's not releasing music or anything. It's like, but she's doing wicked. But, exactly. But people that, <laughs> but people that don't know, automatically assume like oh she gave up her music career and i'm like silly because like don't you have like it's so it's social media or google it like just it's it's right there right right so so it's like but it's it just goes to show that before this experience and before like this eye-opening you know journey that i went on with her i probably would have thought the same thing like oh what is she doing you know like Mm -hmm. what like is she still a music artist oh no she's doing wicked okay but now it's like no she is literally 
grinding, doing her thing while being a human being, while having a husband, while traveling right. around the world. So it's like, it's like, it just really opened up my eyes to being like, hey, these people are humans just like you. And you need to like bring them down to that. And that's what they want, you know? Like yeah. they want you to be like, oh, okay, I'm a human too. But again, social media is so diluted. It's such garbage. Diluted right now. And like what you see online is never what is actually going on in person. So I was talking to um, my friend Shiloh, who I did my last episode with, and we were talking mm-hmm. about how people were kind of pinning like Rihanna and Beyonce against each other for the Super Bowl halftime shows. Right. And like people were criticizing Rihanna, who literally did a performance pregnant. And saying she wasn't giving and she's no Beyonce and we were like why the hell like do people love to just like take down like a woman in this industry like they love to bring her down and what he said to me which it's true he was like what I've come to find is people will just like always find something to complain about they will always Always. look for something to criticize especially when it's something they can't do because it's easier for an insecure person to sit on the couch and be like, eh, they're not that good instead of just like, okay, let's say Rihanna had cracked, right? She didn't, she wasn't even singing any songs like that, but let's say it happened, right? We've all cracked. The most amazing people in the world have cracked. Like it's a muscle. Like imagine you trip. It's the same thing as cracking. So let's say she did. People would sooner be like, oh my God, remember when Rihanna cracked instead of being like, Oh my God. Remember when she literally was pregnant and flying on a fucking platform in the air, like singing and performing her heart out and like twerking at the same time. Yeah. And no one will remember that. (laughs) No, exactly. Exactly. And that's such a good point too. I, my good friend from the show, Lana, she was on Blake's team. She told me, cause I was so nervous to perform, um, hit me baby. No, not hit me baby. No, um, sweet escape. Oh my God. Wait, that had to be fucking cool because like you're literally her husband and she's now she's on the show again right right I was petrified and I was so nervous and I was thinking to myself the whole time like I just don't want to mess up like I want it to be perfect I want it to be perfect I want it to be perfect and like going through coaching you know there was like some rehearsals that like the key change there's a huge key change that like I went flat and you know but I learned through Ariana like okay how do I prevent that and all that so I came out with knowledge on it but Lana looked at me right before I went on and was like, Belle, the most memorable performances are the ones that are felt and that are messy than the ones that are perfect. So mm-hmm. go out there and just give it your all and believe it. And that's exactly what Rihanna did. And she crushed it. So yeah. it's like, it's like, why are people, like you said, it's, it's a society that people feel so insecure about themselves and think about it. Like, an insecure person looks in the mirror and sees finds the flaw within themselves they're gonna find flaws without within someone else so it's like trying to justify their emotions and justify that they don't like what they they are so they're gonna bring other people down and i think it's disgusting and rude and i think that beyonce and rihanna were both badass females that took that stage and crushed it yeah and couldn't be more different couldn't be more different and also again like rihanna's pregnant i i want to see these people that are tearing them down being yeah. pregnant with a baby, doing all these rehearsals, mm-hmm. all this prepping, mm-hmm. singing in front of mm-hmm. all those people. Like that's a stressful thing. And also that's a scary thing to commit to as an artist. Like if you're in the first trimester, whatever she is, second trimester, it seems like she's popping a little bit. Yeah. You, you like run also a danger aspect for yeah. like, like overworking and stress. So 
The dancers mm-hmm. were my favorite part, and I don't think they were. I don't think they were funny. They were, I think they were iconic. They <laughs> were iconic. People were just like, "Oh my god, they look like fucking like marshmallows or whatever." But I think that they looked amazing. I think it was a great just like representation of Rihanna's style and like everything that she does. And people just love to be a hater. It's you know what it is. It's a lot easier to be negative and to hate than it is to be nice and like positive. Um. So also, what was it like? when you had your session with Kristen Chenoweth. Oh, because again, that's like a theater kid blend. I, so they don't tell you who it is. No way. It was genuinely like, it was a genuine surprise. And what happened was, is me and Katie were like closer to the last of the day to go. And some people found out. So some people were like telling the other people and me and Katie both were like, don't tell us. Like we want it to be genuine, Good. but people thought it was like Olivia Rodrigo. Like people had all their ex- like guesses and estimates, like, Oh, Harry Styles, all these things. Mm. But me and Katie both were like, I guarantee she's just going to throw us all off. And this is before we knew about wicked. So. She- oh my God. But it was already like cast and done at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. No one knew about it, but I guess Kristen and Ariana did. But basically, good pianos. I walked in, and you could see kind of, like, when you're about to walk in, you have, like, two minutes to sit there, both of them sitting on those chairs. I hear Ariana talking about me and Katie. And she's like, yeah, you know, like, they're so good. And I hear Kristen's voice. I'm like, no, it can't be. You knew. It can't be. So I turn around, and I see her, and I was like, Katie, no, I can't go in. Like, I can't go in. I'm in literal six-inch heels. Like six inch heels. My worry was being oh, so tall. tiny. My worry was being tall over Ariana. Now my worry is Kristen Chenoweth. So I, I was literally losing it. And a little bit of background story. I, when I was in sixth grade, my music teacher that really shaped me and formed in, me into who I am. He passed away in 2019. I want to say. Oh, and so sorry, I didn't. Um, know. It, you know, it was thank you, but it was really a weird shift because everything that I would do I would always tell him and he'd be like so proud and whatnot so he I remember in sixth grade he took me to see Wicked that was my first Broadway show I've ever seen and he took like our whole like like class you know and obviously Define Gravity happens and then it's intermission and during intermission I was like on the end of the aisle and I was sitting there like like dumbfounded and he looked at looked at me and was like you could do that one day and I was like no I can't and he was like no you can do that one day I I swear to you I know you can you could do that one day so then fast forward 2021 whenever this was recorded whatever um we get a break between the blinds and battles the day I was leaving for the battles his prayer card fell and was in the middle of my kitchen floor and I was like, ooh, that's so weird. That's so weird. And everyone's like, look, he's watching after you, you know? And then go like two weeks forward when we do this this um, audition, like a uh, prep audition filmed, and it's Kristen Chenoweth. So when, and then it was the most magical moment because we actually touched Kristen Chenoweth and she started crying and like looked at both of us and was like, you are both meant to be here. And you are both like meant to succeed in this industry. And I'm re- like reassuring you for that. I felt like it was him. Like I got this weird chill, like coming through me of like, that's him reaching out and being like, remember, I told you, yeah. I'm proud of you. So it was such oh. a crazy cycle. 
because I, again, I felt like I was just getting reassured that I'm on the right path. I'm in the right position. I'm in the right spot of where I need to be throughout. So it was magical. And she's the cutest, the most <laughs> genuine human being. And her and Ariana's connection was to die for. So. Oh my God. That's amazing. That's again, that's so nice to hear that. Like, it's like real, you know, and like, these people are real and like, Granted, I'm like, I'm a huge reality television person. I'm more of a, I, I mean, I used to be a big American Idol kid. Like that was like, yeah. something my mom always watched, but I was never really like, like truly I got into the voice, like because of you, like, oh, well, I, like, same. I never watched the voice. <laughs> right. No, but like, it just, it wasn't that I didn't like it. I was just like, you know what I think it is? I think it's because we both already were people that sang and performed yeah. and like did things like that. Not right. that. Like, but you know what I mean? Like we, like when I decompress and watch TV at night, I'm not like after rehearsal, I'm not necessarily looking to watch more theater all the time. Like that's what I'm like, Hmm, I want to watch like the real housewives or the circle. I don't, I agree with that. Yeah. Like it's like, I guess it's like decompressing in a way, but either way, like with whether it's Bravo, Netflix, NBC, whatever network is putting out reality television it's nice to know that like what you're seeing isn't, I guess, like scripted. Right. And like, I guess I know how genuine you are. So it didn't, it's not that it didn't cross my mind that it could be fake. Like, cause obviously like if they were like, okay, Bella, like this is what you have to do and say, like, you would be like, okay, like, sure. This right. is my contract. So like, I'm going to do Aww, it. Yeah. But like, I didn't, it, I don't know. It just like it, everything you were doing seemed real. So yeah. I was like, this must genuinely be like, these people must be genuine and must be, you know, giving her good vibes and good feelings or else she wouldn't seem so happy. Right. Cause you no, seem very exactly happy. It. I, I was so happy. And the people that I met, the contestants, like I still keep like in touch with till this day. Probably. They're lifelong friends. It was basically all of us were at band camp. We're all roommates <laughs> and neighbors and we're all on the same floor. We all are doing the same exact job and happy and living our best life. And just like fueled by music. We weren't allowed to post where we were at. We weren't allowed to post like, um, or call or tell anyone. It was just like our own little world, you know? So right. it was, it was something that I've never experienced. I probably will, will never experience again, but it's something that will affect me for the rest of my life in a positive 100%. way. A hundred percent. When, so you guys were, what, like you were saying in like a hotel probably mm-hmm. was, were there like other people not involved in the voice in the hotel that were like, Oh my God, these fucking music kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so literally it's so funny you say that this this hotel particularly is casted like all of the people that are filming in Warner Bros or Paramount like the lots they stay at that hotel oh wow. so it's like a ton of people and actually Drag Race was there in between our season oh! um but we I Amazing. never saw anyone I never saw anyone oh. and then I want to say like the next thing was I don't know but it was another reality show that they were staying there and what a smart business model like we have a hotel and our hotels rented by networks to hold their that is so smart genius genius wow. but but there was also people that were staying there that just wanted to stay there that had no idea right. what they're getting themselves into it was a beautiful place and I literally miss it so much <laughs> if I could go back for like a month with those people at that time in that hotel room I would so I didn't <laughs> it's like the like, sweet life of Zach and Cody <laughs> it is it's exactly it and it was also during COVID too so there was points where you know, we all had to quarantine, but we had to quarantine within like our standards of where we would have to be in our 
our cocoons in our hotel rooms for, you know, three days. And then we get 30 minutes of break times. And during those 30 minutes, we go and we all go to the courtyard outside. And it's like, that's your refresher. They're your refreshing people. So Mm -hmm. it was, it was amazing. Yeah. You share something that like, it's like no one else can understand. Like it's like a very specific feeling. Yep. That's exactly it. And then, okay. So you do the voice, you have this incredible experience, but I want to talk about your music because obviously I love your music, but you, that is like what I feel like really took your brand and like, like tied it all together. Like it all made sense. Like writing your album. So how your album was released in 2022? I think early, early 2022, right? Yeah. No, wait, what year is it? No, it was, it was last May. May of 2022 or May of 2021? 2022. And I released singles from December and then February and then whenever March, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. And then you did the Christmas album. January, February. And then I did the Christmas album this year. Well, last year, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) That's like a weird thing too. Like last year, but like it wasn't last year. Like it was only like two months ago. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Um, Okay. So you released the album a year ago essentially and but when did you write did you write all the songs like consecutively were you like okay for the next three months of my life I'm writing music or was it like I wrote this song in 2019 I wrote this song in 2020 and this song two months later like what was that like so it's kind of an interesting process so it started out as just an idea and like a strategy um I was thinking to myself I want to write an album but I didn't know if it was ever going to happen and it was during 2020 and I was doing a songwriting um, course and I was learning a bunch, of, a bunch of different strategies on like how to become your most authentic songwriter version that you want. And one of them was like, start by titles. So I was like, okay, you know what? That's actually a really cool challenge. Like, let me challenge myself with that. And I started with like, on my way, I was thinking of like something seductive, but I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And then I was like, I was co-writing with someone on it. And I was just like, nah, this isn't the vibe. This isn't the vibe I want. So I took a pause from that. And then I wrote like a couple of other songs that weren't for the album. One was People Need People. Another was One Last Time. Like, and it wasn't what you think it is. Right. <laughs> it's okay, like, which now will probably be an association, but you can just giggle at it because it's right. like funny. Right. So I wrote like a couple of different like singles and then WTF came to my mind and I was like I want to write something that's different like I want to write something fun and I want to write something that's I've never done before and something that tricks the mind of when you listen to it or when you hear the title you're like what the hell literally what the fuck and then all of a sudden you hear it and it brings it together so WTF was the first one I wrote no I lied to you I totally just lied to you first one I wrote was IDK I wrote it with a dear friend of mine Raquel, and it was called Shout out to Raquel, if Raquel's a rambler. Raquel Raquel Castro, she's the best. She actually played um, Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck's daughter in Jersey Girl. No way. She's the cutest thing in the world. So now that Benifer is back on, she's like, my parents. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Um, But so shout out to Raquel. It was called Strangers in My Mind because – that's what I titled the song. Yeah, but then... And then I let it sit. And then I started writing uh, WTF. And then I wrote TBH. And then I wrote... Because um, you use the lyrics. I'm a 
stranger in my mind. Yeah, you true fan, you. I literally, yes, I am a true, I'm a true fan. Obviously, this is the thing. As your friend, I'm going to listen to your music regardless, right? But I also genuinely enjoy the art you're putting out there. Like, I do genuinely like the music and put it on in the car. <laughs> so, yes, I know the lyrics. That means the world. And that's the thing is, like, the fact that my music has even just approached you and you're like, oh, my gosh, I want to listen to it while I'm driving. Yeah. Like, what? What if I kept you that in my perfect... in my back pocket? I never released it. Like, you know? No, it's true. You have the perfect... I mean, maybe it's just a me thing because of like the way my schedule usually is, but you have the perfect either like driving music or getting ready music. And that, because this is why when I drive, I sing, I only sing in the car because I live in an apartment with two other people and I do want to sing along to your songs. So it works like that, but also your music, I feel like your songs are like the perfect length. So like you can get through an album, like in a there and back. Again, mm-hmm. I drive really far, so it works for me. Right. Or getting ready. I just think like, I don't know, I listen to your music and I picture like sitting in my big mirror that I'm looking at right now and like doing my makeup and my hair. I don't know. It just fits well, the vibe. That means a lot because that, that was the, you know, go-to thing was like, what can you play on a road trip and like feel like you're going on a roller coaster? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like you're going on the ride. So It goes through every emotion, all your songs. Right. And right. you do it in a clever way. Why did you think of doing three letters? Because, okay, so if you don't know what we're talking about, Bella released an amazing album called Three Letters. um, And each one of her songs are like acronyms, like GTG, Let Me Know, LMK, IDK, like TBH. It's those types of things. So where did that like come from? And I know we've like talked about this before, but just like to go into it again. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. So I used I kind of used like a writing strategy and wanted to test myself and said write all these lyrics based off of just titles so I went with I wrote down I actually think like OMG was on there or like LOL well, was on there like the first one people think of I feel like right right so I had like all of these different acronyms on there and then picked my favorites and kind of like almost like a tree diagram was like okay what can this one be about what can this one be about that tricks the people. So I went backwards of how people normally write songs, which normally the tactic is to start with, you know, chords mm-hmm. and music and then, or like four chords and melody, start with a melody and then you go into lyrics. But I started, and the last thing normally people do is title, but I started with title because I just wanted to test myself and see. And then I actually really found myself enjoying it and it was successful of the the like strategy that I was using. So I am so happy I did. And then I was looking at all of them and I'm like, and as I started collecting each song by song by song, I was like, what do I call this? I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to call it like Bella Dinapoli's album. I want it to be yeah. something that, yeah. that, you know, sticks with someone. And then I think like after OMW, I was like, all of these songs are three letters and three letters can be so powerful to so many different people. Like if you text someone IDK, people will either say one, you're confused, two, you're a bitch, or three, like, oh my God, I don't know. You're like yeah. sarcastic. Yeah. So three different letters, there's three different meetings. You have to, nowadays it goes back to the society we live in, you know, it, they're so relevant in our everyday life that it was like, don't jump to conclusions on what people are saying or their interpretations of the way they're taking something. So someone says WTF, the shot of them being like mad. Are yeah. all, like you can't you have to think like okay well the song I wrote is a love song so I'm not mad <laughs> yeah. like yeah. what the fuck could mean I say what the fuck all the time and I'm 
honestly rarely mad. I'm just like, yeah. I'm honestly, usually I'm a little confused. So <laughs> yeah. I'm just, you know, like, I'm always like, wait, what the fuck? Huh? What? Uh-huh. What? WTF? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And I think like ILY is a big one because like not only the song, but the acronym itself, like, I don't know if I text Jared and I'm like, I love you. And he responds and says, ILY. I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> No, it's literally like, oh, oh, that's what, yeah. that's like, yeah, no, I, I actually have to give credit where credit is deserved. My sister's boyfriend, because ILY was the last one I wrote on the album, mm-hmm. and my sister's boyfriend was like, you should break the the like standard and do I loved you, and not mm-hmm. I love you, and I was like, oh, interesting, and then that's what I did. And then that, boom, I-L-Y. There you go. Oh, so smart. And that's, like, such a good example of, like, just, like, collaborating with, like, the real situations and the real people in your life that's, like, inspiring your music to make it authentic. Because, obviously, like, I know so much went into, like, writing those songs and, like, things that you went through and, like, just life changes and new experiences and new people and old people and all these things, like, shaped these songs. And it genuinely reads as, like, a true organic album like it follows a story thank you of course of, of course and obviously like I do know personally like stories of things that have gone on but I do think objectively like did I had I not known you like if I sat down and I listened to all of your songs I would be able to follow that it was like a plot point in your yeah. life per se so I think you did that like very effectively thank you that means a lot you're welcome <laughs> um also on the topic of voice, not the voice, but the voice inside of you, I lost mine. I literally was, I bought, I overnighted a steamer last night because I'm a psychopath from Amazon. I overnighted <laughs> Amazon a is dangerous. It's, it's a dangerous world. And I, you should see my Amazon saved for later right now. All of the like, <laughs> basics and like clothes and accessories I have. I build up like a cart and I just like, you don't think. Cause like you like one thing, you add it to cart and then there's all the recommended and you keep going down a rabbit oh. hole and all of a sudden your cart has 30 things in it and it's like $500 and you're like, what yep. am I doing? No, I this money. <laughs> right. No, literally. And you know what? I'm powered to you that you can keep in your safe for later because I don't, I'm like this. Okay, fine. And then I'm like, why did I do that? Things come in and Anthony's like. <laughs> and also just like the feeling of getting a package. I don't know. Oh. It does something to me. I'm like, it's like your birthday all over again. Yeah. Every day is a holiday when you buy from Amazon. <laughs> We're going to do some quick tease day. We're going to power oh, through. Oh, okay. Oh, are you it. excited for tease day? I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. I feel like this is an honor of my life. I've been following you on tease day forever. Okay. It's fun. Okay. So this one says jump scare. My ex who cheated on me swiped up on me on hinge and then texted me be gone. Satan. Oh, I don't know about you, but I'm a big, and I, I don't know, no tea, no shade, but I just like, I'm not friends with my exes. I don't talk to them after we break up. It's not my I friend. completely agree. I think it's like the hardest thing to do, but the best thing for you. And yeah. you'll learn so much about yourself by removing them from your life. And yeah. like, unfortunately, good for the people that can be friends with their ex. Like I give you so much power, but for me personally, and you, like you just said, I don't think that I would be able to thrive and be my best self if I was friends with my ex-boyfriend. Yeah, it's just like it's 
I, you're not in my life anymore for a reason. Like the way I see it is you were in my life at one point to the biggest potential someone could be without like physically being me. Uh And like, you don't serve that purpose anymore. And I just like, don't really see a world where I can have you in it in any other way now. I don't know. It's just like, doesn't work for me. Especially after she says that the ex cheated. Yeah, no, 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 no. Out, out, out. Goodbye. What? Block hinge. I don't know how hinge works, but block. I don't know how it is. Report. Spam. <laughs> Spam. Get in touch with headquarters. He's out. Yeah, like, it's just not, it's just not for me. It's not for me either. And I've, as someone who's been cheated on, I could tell you that, ugh, it's just, it's so aggravating. It's like, how do you feel like you have the power to do that after what you've also done? Like, you are so right. entitled. Right. Okay. This one is a happy one. Okay. This one says, my tea is that I got kissed by someone I really wanted to kiss me. Oh, my gosh. That immediately brings me to to Chris Brown's song, I Should Have Kissed You. Oh, because you don't want to regret it. You want to yep. do it. Yep. I love that for you. And you know what? That Literally embrace those moments because I, growing up, would watch, like, movies. And when the moment of, like, them closing the door and standing behind the door, like, <sighs> like it's a real feeling. It's yeah, a real feeling. It's true. So you enjoy that. Yes. And like just like seeing those romanticized things and like it takes you back to like middle school, like you mm-hmm. really liked someone and you like wanted to kiss them and you never kissed anyone yet. And like it was gonna be your first kiss and all those feelings. Like mine was on a playground, I remember. Not like <laughs> in like, like it was on a playground, like at a homecoming. Okay. So we were like in middle school, we were in like seventh grade or something, but it was just so was mine? magical. Mine was like in my basement and I, that sounds horrible, but mine was in my basement with like, like nine other kids. And I oh, was, was it like, like a family, like party grade. kind of thing. And no, we would like hang out. Like we would have like groups of like people that liked each other and oh. we would sit like downstairs and watch like a scary movie or whatever. And then like randomly someone would be like, you guys should kiss. And we'd be like, kiss, kiss, kiss. So I was like, it was finally me and this one kid, Ryan. He's like, went on to be my best friend. But and I was like, okay. And everyone said, three, two, one. And we were like, <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. The hype squad for a first kiss was real. It was real. It was real. Okay. This person says, my coworkers have been fucking for over a year. They don't know that I know, but one of them has been seeing someone for the past few months and they're still having sex actually went to ac this past weekend together how do people do these things i don't get it i really don't get it i don't i don't understand and i don't too no you go no you go no you go (laughs) okay fine (laughs) you go second okay perfect i just like i don't think i would have it in me first of all all of the admin all of the planning that it takes to cheat alone no Uh. thank you no, thank you. I am not good at that. I'm not good at lying, but I'm also just not good at like, I don't know. That takes a lot of work. Like it just does. break up with someone. No, especially if like you said, they said like the AC thing. You, yeah. How do you not, how do you sleep at night? How do you, how right. do you get through that? How do you sit there and process? Like I get if you want to be a savior of someone's emotions because you're nervous of hurting them. But at the same time, you're literally hurting them way more by yeah. not being honest and being a coward. So this poor girl has to sit here. And, yeah. And the window of you being the good guy went out the door when you started hooking right. up with this other person while you were dating someone else. Like there's no, Oh, I want to spare their feelings now. No, then you shouldn't have done what you did. No, exactly. Ew, so, gross. 
What do you do now, though, like as this person who knows this information? That's hard and that's heavy because it's like, how close are you with them? Like, mm -hmm. I, I always use a number scale of importance. Like, mm. if this person were in my shoes, would they tell me? And, and then I sit there because the thing is, is like, sometimes people are shitty and you can't associate yourself with that. So I don't know if they're like blatantly confiding in them or if they're blatantly doing it in front of them. But if that's the case, I would say something. But if it's something you just know and you don't necessarily, I don't know. It goes both ways though, because then it's like you could be the, the like not a bystander and, and say what, like tell the person, but at the same time, it's not your position. So I'm so sorry. This person's in such a sucky position, but I feel like, I feel like I would, I would try to just, um, adjust like these people on my scale of importance of how much they mean to me from yeah. zero to a hundred. And if they're close to a hundred, then address it. But if they're lower yeah. than 50, then let them, let them do their thing. And they're going to, you can't take ownership of that. Yeah. Stay out of it. This person says, went out with a group of friends and one friend and I were talking about a mutual friend who wasn't there, who is also trans. And whenever they referred to them, they would only call them their dead name since they knew them as that before they transitioned. But I only call them by their name since I've only known them since they transitioned. And I was trying to make it known not to call them by their dead name, but simply they were just not cognizant of it. This isn't the first time they've personally ignored boundaries like this, and I feel like I need to start cutting them out of my life since I feel like I need to explain things like this every time with no success, and they simply just are not listening or acknowledging what I say. Wow. Damn. Well, kudos to this person for, like, being, I guess, like, the defender and, like, also taking the responsibility of the friendship like okay it's not me you're disrespecting but you're disrespecting someone important to me so and I've tried and for these reasons that you are not absorbing it like I can't I can't respect you and I can't have a friendship with you I don't think I could handle that because like I mean you and I both have tons of friends who identify in so many beautiful different ways and have different sexualities and it's never a question of like who or what or why it's just they are who they are right no I completely agree with that and I think that like you said kudos to this person for being aware number one of that and choosing to be aware and number two is for saying something I think mm -hmm. that honestly, this person knows their answer because at the end they said, I need to get them out of my life because they aren't changing. So if they're not adjusting to the type of person and type of friend, type of people you want to surround yourself with, get them out. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that also I believe in karma and that person that you are sticking up for and that that is a beautiful person inside and out is going to come around and acknowledge that one way or the other, that you were a great friend. You don't have, you know, mm -hmm. like I, so I think that that, that person that sent this in that is such a sucky feeling to be in, but proud of you. Good for you. You should be proud of yourself for mm -hmm. knowing what is in a sense, in a sense, you know, right or wrong nowadays yeah. and believing in it, trusting in yourself and sticking to your word. And now you have to trust yourself and get those people out of your life because they're not meant to be. Absolutely. Fuck. Yeah. And like, it's there, there's no excuse for that. And honestly, like if you don't bring this person I don't want to say bring this person down for this, but if you don't, you know, kind of show them the repercussions of their actions, someone right. else will at some point. And, you know, 
do you really want to be still there by their side when that happens? Like knowing exactly sooner? No, of course not. And like, you obviously already have the right intentions by standing up for your other friend. Like you, like you said, they have their answer already. They know. Right. No, that's exactly it. And again, so sorry that you're in this position, but also it's one of those moments where it's going to define you and give you purpose of, okay, no, I have a voice. I can use it. And I know exactly what I want to say. So good for you. Hell yeah. Well, listen, those were our four little spills, our, our tea spills, our peppermint tea all over the floor. Peppermint tea for our vocals. Yeah. Herbal, our herbal oregano tea. Bella, I love you. I love you, Sid. I'm so happy that we were able to do this. And also too, thank you for bending with my schedule because I'm so wildly crazy, but there's a lot coming up, which is exciting. Yay. No, seriously, if you don't already listen to Bella's music, first of all, follow her on Instagram, plug your Instagram handle and spell it because, you know, letters, Italian. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Bella Zanapoli, B-E-L-L-A-C-E-N-A-P-O-L-I. Follow Bella on Instagram because she puts everything out there. You can find, I would assume you can find your music probably at the link in your bio, right? Okay. You can find her music. She announces all these amazing different shows she does. All of her other like hidden talents are on there. If you want to book a trim, you know, get a <laughs> any of these things. Um, you have an Amazon storefront too, no? I do. There you go. You can shop the Amazon storefront. It's dangerous. It's very dangerous. I have, I have scrolled the Amazon storefront of yours many times. (laughs) Um, And then it spirals into me just on Amazon for hours. Yep. Um, But yeah, do these things. Um, You recently played a show that I couldn't go to because we had a stupid rehearsal at my favorite place, the fucking pizzeria. I need you to sing there again because this is the thing. I'll go there with you anyways, but I would also (laughs) like to go there and support you and eat their pizza because it's so good. It's literally the best place on earth and it's dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. again. So I um, actually have a show in New York City at Sony Hall and it's um, to support LGBTQ plus um, and it's for the Trevor Project, which yes. is, yep. So it, all their donations and all the proceeds go to the Trevor Project and I'm so honored that they even asked me to perform and it's going to be a night of celebration. It's going to be a night of life and when is it it's called leg up on life it's on monday the 27th monday the 27th monday february 27th if you have nothing to do or if you have something to do cancel your plans go to the sony <laughs> hall and support the trevor project and bella and all yes. the other performers yes oh there's there's going to be it's going to be a night of life i'm telling you right now oh that's amazing Yay! oh my gosh i love you, I love, so you. Much. I love this i love everything you're doing i'm so proud of you and keep keep on crushing it because again inspiring i'm i'm you are in the right shoes you are in the right spot because you deserve to have a pod oh thank you so much i'll I ramble you. with you any day <laughs> okay good we'll do another one and then maybe we'll do them with um we'll have you me and danielle and danielle we'll just like drink wine and eat pizza and gossip the girls are back the yeah. girls. <laughs> Okay, yes, 100%. 100%. Oh. Count me in. I'm there. Hell yeah. All, All right. right. I know that you're busy. I love you. Thank you I so love much you. for doing this. Thank you for you're having me, Sid. Bye. Anytime. Bye.